0: to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Donner. Are you ready? Here we go.
1: Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic Excuse my voice, I am a little under the weather, but I didn't want to reschedule this interview today because I have been so looking forward to it. Today's guest is Raj Jana. You are probably familiar with him because I shared the episode I was on on his podcast Stay Grounded in December. If you haven't listened to our conversation yet, go back and listen. I know you will enjoy it. Raj is in his early 30s, but is such an old soul. You will understand why I said that after you listen to our conversation. When we look back at our lives, when the light bulb went off to discover a deeper sense of our spirituality and expand our thinking, when was it for you? Raj was 25 when his went off, and it was caused by the death of a friend who he loved and admired. That moment sent him on his journey to find his passion and purpose. I love his story, and I know you will too. Here are some words I pulled from his website that I thought were poignant and I think will give you a better sense of who he is before I bring him on the show. I want to experience the joys and thrills of what others create when they're not fighting to stay above water. I want to bathe in the love and abundance that comes from a deep, authentic connection where individuality is celebrated and collaboration supersedes competition. I want to live in a world that's built on a level playing field where win-win partnerships are the norm. I want to live in a world where the masses aren't living paycheck to paycheck. I want to live in a world where kids are supported and encouraged to step into their own unique greatness. I want to live in a world that's big enough and supportive enough to help everyone have a fighting chance to make their heart's deepest desires a reality. This is the world I see in my head. It's the world I feel in my heart. It's a world that's so personally enticing. I'm putting every fiber of my being into making it a reality. This is why I'm making it my life's work to create this. In the words of Gandhi, I'm here to be the change you want to see in the world. If we all knew the tools back in our teens and 20s, what we know now, our lives would look so differently. I know in my heart that the younger generation is ready for these tools. I have seen it firsthand while raising my girls and these tools. And and now in my raising confidence course, kids are in a tough time right now. Wouldn't you love to know your child had the tools to make an impact in this world by being an example and inspire their generation? It can be done and I can help. Please reach out to me if you're child or you know of a child or a young adult that needs a confident mindset to live an empowered life. Don't wait until they are out of the house searching on their own. The resources are here for you now, and I want to help. So email me at ashleygonner at gmail.com or check out my website at ashleygonner.com. Let's begin 2022 on the right track and build up this generation of teenagers into the magnificent leaders they are capable of becoming. And one last thing, please remember to subscribe to my show and leave a review. It helps get the message out to more people and it would mean the world to me. Thank you for listening. And now, here is the Raj Jhana. Welcome, Raj Jana, to the
0: show.
1: Hello, <laughs> hello. It's so fun to be on this side of the mic. Now I get to ask you questions. And in the intro, I had said, you know, I was on your podcast and then I shared it again in my December episodes. So I replayed it since we have the same um, Jenny Media, mm-hmm. I was able to get to that and um, share you again, because I feel like, you know, when when I meet someone like you at your age, you know, I could you could be my son, <laughs> you know, I see this person that, you know, the light bulb went off earlier than normal. The something inspired you to take a different look at life, look at things differently. There's something more that I'm, I'm missing. And you, you're like this old soul to me. You mm-hmm. have this, like, mm-hmm. like you've been a, a poet or a writer or the words are just so you're from this some somewhere. I would love to know if you've ever done any life regressions that you've seen yourself as this, like a, this person that stands tall and leads this group into this, like inspire, you know, you inspire. Have you ever done Mm. that?
2: I've been doing a lot more just, I guess deep work and connection to just my My energy, I guess, like the soul, the energy, whatever the life force that lives beneath, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the expression, the personality of Raj. Like, I think in the last year, I've really been getting more intimate with like, the, the feelings and the energies that sit beneath like my soul, like what does like, and I, I do feel like I have an old soul, I feel like I have a soul that has been through many lifetimes, I don't know if I Energetically know for certain that I was a poet or a writer. Um, I do feel this intrinsic desire and ease to lead and mm-hmm. to inspire and to share hope and inspire courage. And and I know that I, I feel like I'm in my highest flow when I'm doing that and I'm using my, my voice as a vehicle for for evoking that in others. And so I feel most at home when I'm inspiring and I'm sharing perspectives and I'm, you know, connecting with that that voice of truth that we're all here to experience something magnificent and we're all here on our own journeys and we're all here to love and experience love. And so I, I don't know if I can say for sure that I was a poet in a past life. <laughs> I certainly love writing poetry. I certainly love expressing. Poetically, I certainly just experience a lot of fulfillment in in the dance and sort of roller coaster of life and creating meaning and and storytelling from those experiences. So I love sharing and reflecting. And so I, I can just share what I love experiencing. Now why I am the way I am or where all of it came from, I I'd be guessing just as much as you'd be. So
1: <laughs> But you know, I was reading, <clears throat> I was reading on your website, and I even um read some of it on the intro because it was so beautiful and be the change from Gandhi, you know, be the change you wish for the world, it, it, his uh, quote, you know, and that is yeah. you. And when I read through the, where you're going and at this age that I think what I keep going back to is where you were like 25 years old in a regular job and this light bulb goes off and you're see, and you start seeking But in your childhood, there has to have been part of you because that was you, that you were, were you always a seeker? Like as a child,
2: I was always seeking more like I I can always, right now I'm really feeling my mom, like my mom always like, she just pushed me and, and evoked a lot of desire for, you know, excellence and wanting to lead like to be the team captain, to, mm-hmm. you know, show others through example, to, I think she, she always encouraged that in me. And so like, I, I think I've always been competitive. Mm-hmm. I, I played a lot of sports growing up. I, I always wanted to try new things and learn, but I, I think a, a deep curiosity or questioning of the normal happened when I started, you know, getting out of my parents home and went to college and then from that I went to to work in corporate and and I had experiences of me just trying to figure out what lit me up like and I think that's always been my like kind of north star like what right. is lighting me up and if it's not lighting me up why isn't it and I think for a while like when I was a kid like I was always going in the direction of what lit me up like I loved playing tennis I was a very competitive tennis player like I loved being in leadership positions i started a fraternity in college i was on the board of a lot of different school organizations like i drove that but it wasn't until i started working full time that it went the other way it's like like what's missing right mm-hmm. so it's like there is this expansion like i want to do more do do but then the, the other side it's like well, what I'm doing isn't really creating this play and this joy, and it's not in alignment with like what I feel like my life is supposed to be like like I always wanted freedom and i wanted I wanted a lot of wealth and I wanted to and i, I had all these desires, and my life wasn't lining up to that and and so I think it the seeking came from me knowing that i was i think in a deep part of me knowing that I was here to experience more mm-hmm. I think I've always known that like. I think that's a truth that I, I just have felt in my in my heart, my soul. It's like I'm here to to experience more than what I'm experiencing right now, and I don't yes. know if that's a it's a story. It's always been just something in my heart that's like, like I don't know why. I know this sounds crazy, but it's like the rules don't apply. Yes, it's like no, this I reality like 100%, that one hundred percent. This reality that I see other people like accepting for themselves does not apply to me. Right, and I think that that knowing has inspired a lot of seeking and a lot of pushing and a lot of surrendering and a lot of dancing with the unknown to truly actually experience what I'm here to experience. And I think that's that's always been like a, a common driving force for me, even from a young age.
1: Yeah, me too. And that's what I love. And I know that's my connection to you because after listening to you and following you, and uh, it's always more for me. There's like, this is not life. I have to do more. There has to be more. And that's when the magic in my life has, has always been where you're just pushing that a little, you're pushing past that fear. And then you get there like, oh my gosh. And then you keep doing it. And then you just keep expanding and growing and seeing the life in a whole different way. And when you realize how many percentage of the people stay in that little box of fear and protection and you know never go past that, and experience the beauty on the other side, you know, what do you think makes them, What? why fear? You explain the fear in, you know, like why people are so focused in fear. Are they, you know, haven't they done, have they not passed pushed past it to get to the other side so they can see it? What in your experience can you say about that?
2: I think we as a society give power to fear because we've forgotten who we are mm-hmm. You know, underneath fear is courage, right? It's the courage to, to ask the girl out. It's the courage to say the truth. It's the courage to take a stand. It's a courage to speak up. It's a, cur- like all of that's courage and that's what our souls embody. Like our souls are love in right. in in its purest form. And I think we're so disconnected from that Mm -hmm. in most of our, like from childhood, like, you know, children come onto this, onto this plane, pure light, pure joy, pure wonder. They learn limitation. They learn judgment. They learn shame. And we then carry those truths, those perceived truths in our mind with us as we grow up. And then we create, Our realities, whether we're unconsciously creating or consciously creating, we end up where we are because of our choices. And, you know, and, and, and I think because I think there's this fear of the unknown, Mm -hmm. right. Which comes back to a fear of life. I think that's what it is. It's actually just a fear of life that was learned. Mm -hmm. And I had to unlearn it, you know, and I started slow, like You know, I, I, I learned initially through entrepreneurship. I started my first side hustle, right? Like I didn't leave my job and just jump into entrepreneurship. I started as a side hustle and then your coffee company. mm -hmm, That was my first company. And, um, and then, you know, that then led to deeper explorations of, you know, starting the podcast and then intimacy and relationship and, you know it's like slowly you're unraveling these fears you're unraveling mm-hmm. these limitations the shackles that we place on ourselves of like what we're allowed to experience or what we're even capable of experiencing because we're so afraid of of what's possible like we're right. afraid of what would happen if we ended this relationship what would happen your life would my life would fall apart i would never find love again i would be alone for the rest of my life it's these fears Right. And there's a fundamental, I think, disconnection from trust, which is trusting that everything is unfolding in divine order. It's trusting that the universe has our best, like the universe is here to support us if we would allow it. Right. It's Mm -hmm. it's this separate. It's this idea that we are. And and I think that took me a long time. Um, And I think a lot of people are unaware of that fundamental truth and are disconnected from that spiritual that that spiritual connection to all things and the perfection of life and i think that's trained and learned and it just and it takes you know it takes experiences in life like i had a mentor pass you know a mentor passed you know three months before his retirement date that was my soul's that's all my soul needed to see in order to wake up right but there were hundreds of people that knew jerry that right. didn't have that didn't. same spark. Right. Right. So it's like our souls will get a ping mm-hmm. sometime in life, and we get to either respond to that or we don't. And there's no right or wrong answer. I think, you know, there's plenty of good, honest, amazing human beings who live in that fear bucket. Right. Until they can't, until the last straw, until the midlife crisis, until. Things just break, right? Right. And I'm of the belief that if you don't face your fears in this lifetime, your soul will just continue doing it until like, it'll be the next lifetime and the next lifetime and the next lifetime. Like, yeah, we might
1: as well do it now.
2: <laughs> what if- it's like, it's the karmic baggage that I right. believe in, right? Like Me what too. you don't face in this lifetime, you, your soul will continue facing until you are free of it. Right. And so there's no escaping the truth. Like you can yes. die in this form, but, you know, I am of the prescriptive, I'm of the belief that you will reincarnate in another form until mm-hmm. you realize the fullness of your experience. And yeah,
1: me too. A hundred percent. Go. Let's go into relationships because I know you had a long-term relationship
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I feel like during that time you outgrew that and you started to see like, this isn't explain a relationship to where people understand that it's okay to move on. You're a loyal person. You're, I can see you as a person, like you're, you know, you're dedicated and you're loyal. And I think it, was it hard for you to leave that relationship and see you go, you know, moving on to the next phase of your life?
2: Well, so here's the truth. I, you know, I, I made a lot of mistakes in that relationship too, right? Like I wasn't the perfect boyfriend. And I think it's important to remember that because like, you you, you know, you say the word, well, I wasn't loyal to myself. Right, I love that. Like I wasn't loyal. So like, I I can't say that I was honest to me. I can't say that I was honest to her. Like, you know, I I can't say that because that's not true. Mm -hmm. And, And I think sometimes we get so clouded in wanting to make everyone in our lives happy that we abandon ourselves which was a truth for me, right? Like she's an amazing girl, mm-hmm. an amazing woman. You know, I just didn't have the courage to to leave. I didn't have the courage to be honest, I didn't have the courage to be myself. I didn't have the courage to express my needs. I didn't have the and so, you know, I was so far off my relationship with me. I was so far off compass with me. I was making choices that weren't in alignment with who I truly am at my core. And, and that takes time. And, and, you know, like I, when we broke up, it was really difficult for me because I was also breaking up with the idea of me, of being perfect, of, of, you know, marrying the girl that I went to college with, like, of making my parents happy because they loved her. Like, you name it. I had so many judgments and, and I was, clinging on more to the idea of a perfect life than I was of being truly, truly connected and being truly, truly fulfilled in relationship. And that was a choice. Like I know plenty of relationships. People will just stay in the wrong relationships forever right. because of those expectations that they put on themselves. I chose a really hard route and it was hard like i had friends reach out like dude what are you doing mm-hmm. like i had god knows how many like my mom my parents everybody like was just what are you doing and for me it was hard it was really hard like i i i was alone for a lot of time and i was but it was the medicine my soul craved like it was it was the medicine my soul craved and i had to learn to love myself and i had to learn to experience my relationship with me and learn to heal and let go of shame and guilt and judgment. And I had to let go of forgive myself for a lot of choices and mistakes that I'd made in my past and in my relationship. And I had to, and that's all part of becoming whole, right? Because I think that's part of it. Like, I think we, we stay in the wrong relationships because we don't want to embrace the totality of our human experience. You know, whether, I stayed in that relationship or not, like I would have eventually had to face my own shadow. Yeah. Would have had to learn to love myself. And so would have hurt she. Right. And so I don't regret a a single moment of every moment I spent with her and, you know, choosing to explore love for myself in a different way and a different path was what my soul was craving. And, so that was hard. It was really hard, but it was, again, like, I, and I think it's a commitment to growth, right? Like it's a commitment to growth. Like I had started growing and, and, and she didn't have the same interests as me for growth. Mm-hmm. Right. And I had to make a choice and I did. You think and, that you
1: can be in a relationship with someone that doesn't want to grow like you? How do you view that?
2: For me in my values, that would be very difficult. And I think there are people that it depends on your values. Like, what do you value? Right. If you value growth, then yes. Like, I think it's going to create a lot of dissonance. Mm-hmm. If you're not, it's going to create a lot of dissonance. Like, right. Cause you're going to grow. The other person is going to feel afraid. They're going to feel like they're not enough. They're going to feel like your growth diminishes their value. Like, you're going to create dissonance, right? right. But there's for no sure. dissonance. It's just, I just, I have a desire and an and interest in growth. Like my now relationship, like Gina and I are constantly growing and constantly doing the work together and going to retreats and investing in coaches and like talking about our biggest trigger. And like when we get triggered in an argument's like we're going into it together and we're not afraid of the prickly stuff. Yeah, What I've so always great. craved, it's what I want. It's what I've always, and it's not for everybody. Right. Not everybody is like equipped for that level of growth. Like, no, not everybody wants to go into the triggers and the egoic defense mechanisms that we have and the need to be right and right. Like, you know, being the first to apologize. Like that's not stuff that any that's for the faint of heart. Like I think most people say they want conscious relationship, but they don't really know what that means. Right. Right. And so I totally respect people that don't want that. I, I can appreciate the difficulty in it, and mm-hmm. for me, it's such a high value that such a high very, value, yeah. It would be sure. very difficult for me to be in relationship with somebody who didn't value growth in the same way that I do, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Like, like there's no right or wrong. It's just right. preference. Totally, really. totally.
1: So between the breakup and Gina, it described that time was there learning to self love. How do you describe the self-love in that little period of time? And why do you think you attracted Gina into your life by who you became in that middle ground, middle time?
2: Gina and I met, we became friends first, very shortly after I broke up with my ex and I tried shooting my shot way early and she just blocked the hell out of me. (laughs) And, but we became friends and I think I, I had to learn intimacy before sexuality like i think a lot of times like growing up i had this idea that like intimacy was reserved for one person and sex was like not hmm. but i realize now and what i realize intimacy is with life intimacy is connection it's vulnerability it's presence it's depth it's it's being able to be open and fully present with everything that is yes and that to me i I had to learn that and so to be intimate with myself can i be intimate with all the parts of me can i accept and forgive and love all the parts of me even though i made bad choices or i didn't make choices that were in alignment with who i aspire to be can i you know uh who do i aspire to be Like, even finding new models of healthy masculinity. That was a big part of that period, you know, after my breakup and then me and Gina dating. Like, there was a six month period of me really exploring the depths of what healthy masculinity is and what does that even look like, and finding models and mentors and people that can show me a path forward. Like, uh, one of my mentors, Andy, um, I've had him on my podcast, and one of the most just consciously open loving men that i know who's in very committed partnership who also has created a, a you know a relationship that i aspired to have like i was seeking out men in my life who had dream relationships that i wanted hmm. and i wanted to understand what were the qualities that they were embodying that i could learn to embody within myself and what was the work and the path and the tools and modalities and the healing that I had to do in order to truly integrate all of me so that I could show up that way and attract or hold the space for the relationship that I craved right the the safety the intimacy the the feminine that I truly wanted to actually hold space for like I had to become the type of human being that could actually experience that. And that was a very arduous journey of a lot of hard conversations and hard truths and learning how to date and how to love myself, how to communicate and relearning a lot of things. And, and it was a bit of a rite of passage and just learning healthy masculinity. That's actually the first leg of the journey for me, which was like, how can I learn to love the feminine in me? How can I learn to Embody my totality as like and truly actually like embody safety within my body, and what does that feel like, and learning from people that have are just a few steps ahead of me and and I think all of that was really important work to do before Gina even felt safe to go from friendship to hey, actually, let's explore what this might look like in relationship right like there was a a period of of me doing that inner work, and me choosing to wanting that. Like I, I truly wanted to just be better. And I knew that if I didn't actually look at my stuff and go into it, I would have just recreated the same relationship with another girl. Right. Totally. And, and COVID was a year. blessing in it's disguise. In well, COVID was a blessing in disguise because it was like, you know, three months into the lockdowns and like everything was closed and everyone was afraid of meeting up with each other. So I was like, screw it. I'm just going to do the inner work because dating right now feels like a nightmare. Right. So, you know, all blessings in disguise. I, I couldn't have uh, mapped out the journey, the way that it unfolded. If I would have tried, like I couldn't have seen doing all that leading to this would have led me to where I'm at today. Like I couldn't have mapped it.
1: Right. I love that. So with your business and your business journey and, you know, I was, you know, you're like a, you're a connector. Well, that's the word of that's your word of the year, right? 2022 is connection.
2: Connection. It's involved now there's connection, there's play, there's infinite possibility, and there's relentless like commitment to experiencing all the aspects of me, which is the shadow and the light. And it's not running away from, so connection to me is, I guess, a, Yes, there's connection with others, but it's deeper connection with all the aspects of me.
1: Okay. So, um, connection is within you.
2: It's everything. Like, the more I connect with myself, the deeper I can connect with others. Like, the more intimate I am with me and my reality, the more like it's all just a mirror. Like, the quality of my relationships is truly, truly, truly dependent on the quality of my relationship with me. Yes. And my ability to, love and forgive and accept the parts of me that i have shamed judged or written off directly correlates with my ability to accept another person's mistakes or another person's wrongdoings or a difference in opinion like or a different in preference like my ability to truly accept others as they are is actually a full mirror for me being able to accept myself um and i think that is the bedrock of connection. And that's what I'm learning, you know, a month into the year, like I'm getting ready to do my, you know, January reflection in a few, in in a, in a, in a few days. And, and that's, that's a bedrock. It's, you know, connecting with others truly and intimately and sincerely only comes if you can connect with yourself.
1: Right. Totally. I love that. When you look at your life, because you, you're always like, I feel like you're, you're just taking the steps and you're what's going to be behind this door. And I'm going to go that way. And you see that you can, you connect and you are open for people to expand you. Like, I feel like you're, there's all these opportunities that come to you and you're open and you're going to do it until it feels right or it feels wrong. And you're so such an intuitive person. I feel like you lead by your intuition. Is that, do you, would you say that? Cause I feel like you have had a lot of opportunities come your way. The coffee thing, the, you know, all the little, the thing you're doing now, the nonprofit.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: It's an intuitive way of living. And I think, you know, when you live with your intuition and you follow your heart and you listen to that, that's when you're living in that authenticity. You're living with that, the knowing that you're on the right track and you, you trust and you surrender.
2: Oh, it's you Make it sound a lot easier. It's simple, but it's not easy, right? I'll say that like I made the decision in June of last year to create from my heart and live from my heart and say yes to opportunities that are truly in alignment with my heart and my soul and what I'm here to experience. And I made the decision to walk away from a lot of money. I made the decision to walk away from knowing a certainty. I made the decision to recreate my life from the inside out and that hasn't been easy. It's been, you know, following your intuition super scary. And it was the medicine that my soul craved. It's the true, it's the true surrender to the divine and showing up at the poker table, playing the hand as if, you know, even if you only have 500 bucks in your pocket, you're playing the hand as if you've got a million from the bank of the universe behind you. Like that is a very Mm -hmm. different way of creating. And I would say I'm getting better at it. I'm I'm leaning into it deeper and deeper, and I'm learning to listen to my intuition and trust that everything is showing up for a reason and every opportunity is presenting itself to be, you know, integrated into my journey. And and I am learning to listen to the subtle whispers of my heart and trust that even if it doesn't make logical sense the whisper is there for a reason and it's, and it's learning to create and, and it's been a, it's been a a, a true, like I feel like my true like work is learning to trust myself Mm -hmm. and like trusting that, like even if I go in this direction for a little bit and things don't work out, Like I'll be okay. I'll be able to figure my myself out. I'll be able to support myself. I'll be able to show up. I'll be. It's actually just a practice in trusting deeply my own skills, my own abilities, and then the universe and and how you know the universe supports me and my growth and my journey. And so there's um there's a level of trust I think in a lot of different factors that I am practicing. I am not perfect. I am unfolding and learning to navigate more deeply. I wouldn't say that I'm, this is how I've lived my, like, I'm, I'm doing my best. Like yeah. sometimes I do make rational like logical decisions that are more rooted in certain aspects. But I think at the core of it, my heart is always a part of the conversation.
1: Yes. Uh, what is your, your like uh, morning ritual? How do you dive deeper into Raj and his soul? Do you have your morning practices, your daily rituals?
2: I have daily rituals more than morning. You know, for me, it uh, deep, authentic connection and writing, and connection time with Gina, and saying and expressing myself with the people I love, and um, really rooting in, in gratitude, and just there are certain principles that I try to remember, like. Like I I try to do things that help me stay connected to myself deeply. Um, You know, my morning, the thing that's consistent with my morning is I take at least five to 10 minutes to make a hot beverage. Cacao, right? Cacao has been my (laughs) jam recently and, and slowing down and really feeling the ritual and really connecting with me and, and being slow and intentional and thoughtful and, and, and And if Gina's with me, I always make her a beverage. Like that's one of my favorite things to do. It's like I do it with love and intention, and I pour a lot of energy and love into it, and then we connect and then and then I start my day. So like I, I think for me, I, I like to start with connection. Like that's my word. And so connection comes in a lot of different forms. It comes from connecting with the ritual of what I'm doing. It comes from connecting deeper with myself. Sometimes I'll meditate, sometimes I'll work out. Sometimes I'll stretch and just get mobility going. Sometimes I'll sit in front of my red light or in the sun, or sometimes like, I, I try not to follow a prescription mm-hmm. of what I'm supposed to do. I think all of it just leads back to what nourishes me and what helps me feel connected and present and grounded and grateful and remembering that, you know. Like one day I will die. One day Gino will die. One day all my friends and family will be gone. And and so it's remembering this gift of life and that. You know, Living and so in the I moment. Th- so I think there are certain ideas like that, that I I contemplate on daily. Mm-hmm. And I truly try to remember so that I can evoke those feelings of presence and connection with, with myself and the people and, and having perspective, especially when things get hard, because they do get hard. Like this morning, I had a tough morning, like, uh, you know, I'm just putting on a lot of fires and different business stuff and just, you know, it's just constantly in flow and flux and, and all of it. Like I, I just get to come back to the reminder that, you know, I get to do this and I right. get to, like, I, if you would have told Raj six years ago, living, you know, behind a cubicle that he would get to have the problems that he has today, he would have signed up in a heartbeat. Like it's, it's right. that perspective and that reminder, you know, that even the problems I have today, like five years ago, I would have killed to have them. And so I think there's just certain principles like that, that I truly try to remember. And writing has been really healthy for me. Like I, I am, I've been really actually making the time to like write and dump my feelings into, into either a word, like a a notepad or my journal, or like, just really kind of allow it to flow out. and Right. Like free writing,
1: like a free write
2: free writing yeah i just i write my feelings like i feel what i'm feeling and then i express it and write it and communicate it through my authentic through poems through my authentic like there's no like it's very poetic it's not very like it's not structured it's not it's just what flows through me and and why and and that that feels good for me right now and And I do sometimes crave like, like, and when I crave deeper connection, like when I have a harder time connecting, I'll meditate or, you know, I'll, I'll go find a a wellness experience that I think allows me to connect deeper, whether it's, you know, a, a sauna or a cold plunge. Like, you know, I, I try to sprinkle in just whatever feels good. Like, but to me, it's connection time is just slow mornings. So like my morning ritual is like, it's just, I have a slow start to the day.
1: Mm -hmm. Your opportunities right now that you're working toward. Can you talk about it? The nonprofit?
2: Yeah. So, uh, well, I'm partnering with a nonprofit called the Humans Are Good Foundation. And, you know, we are creating resources, technology that are going to help everyday people Process their emotions better. We're building an app that helps people who really aren't good at processing their emotions have a framework for actually resolving the root cause of what's creating those emotional outbreaks. And, and we're partnering with a scientist and an engineering physicist who developed this framework and model for healing that quantifies quantifies emotional healing and we're deploying that technology and that ip into several communities starting with cancer communities and then so like you know we're doing a lot of work i can't talk deeply about it because we're still in the creation phase and i'm a big believer in you know like i I create close to my chest while Uh i'm creating because i am a big believer in like the energy of creation and but and and I, and I don't want to bring something up and share it with the world until it's ready fully to actually be actualized and experienced. But, you know, eventually what we're what we're really building are is, is an ability for everyday individuals to to resolve the root cause of their emotional lows and do it in a community setting and doing it through technology and scale and blockchain and and doing it in a way that that reaches millions of people, no matter what they're suffering from, whether it's cancer or depression or anxiety or substance abuse or domestic violence or people who are just every day having getting triggered by their partners to people who are, you know, in leadership positions and want to go deeper. So we're I'm in just creation phase right now, which is why I haven't talked much about it. Like I said, like I'm I'm, I'm I just really truly believe that if and when this we unroll it like i just want it to be in a position that can be truly realized and actualized and yeah cool sometimes i take some time to be in the lab and figure out what the right formulas are right what the right structures are what the right combination of resources are and so i would say i'm in the lab right now and i'm doing a lot of r and d and a lot of creation to birth something really beautiful in the world
1: and that came to you from like how does when you like so I was listening to an amazing episode you had with a woman about manifesting. What was her name? It starts with an M.
2: Different. Mikosi.
1: Makosi. Oh my gosh, I love her. And um, we were talking about manifest you're talking about manifesting. And I was thinking about, you know, you were talking about I'm going back to the thinking of you, like what I've got to know you without being with you. <laughs> Is someone that you have so many, you want to. Participate in so many different things. And I see you like having your hand in a bunch of different things. But it's because you have such a passion to like make a mark in different things. Like, I don't know. Is that, am I right with that?
2: I think the way that I really connect is I have a vision for what inspires me. Okay. What nourishes me. And there's a common thread and an energy to that high frequency, like the frequency of play. I can play all day. Like, as children, we can play all day. Right. And what I've realized is, you know, in my journey, this is in my truth, like, I had to heal so I can play. And I play so I can serve. And the things that light me up the most, the things that energize me the most, the things that are most playful are actually the creations that the world needs. And so when I'm in connection with that high vibration, when I'm Creating things that inspire me, that nourish me, that allow me to get to know myself better, that are in alignment with my values. I don't actually feel like I'm working. I just feel like I'm playing and creating. And at the same time, I'm allowing, you know, the, and I'm in a different financial position that I've built businesses that support me and take care of me. And now I'm playing from a different energy and I've built systems and I have teams and I've got the processes down. And like, so I, I think I've, this is the next wave of my evolution. It's being able to, I just want to have fun. And instead of, I don't want to be an inspiration. I just want to live an inspired life. And I want to live from that space of like authentic creation. If it feels good, I just want to do it. So whatever that is, if that's helping someone in front of me, if that's creating a podcast, if that's building a technology company, if that's investing in a startup, if that's Putting out art and producing a documentary, I don't know what that's going to be for me. I just know that I just want to say yes to things that nourish me and inspire me and I want to see what I'm made of and I I want to have a lot of fun along the way and I just want to play with people that also fuel me and inspire me and nourish me and and if I create an environment where that's happening, I feel like I can do so much. I feel like I don't feel the burnout like i I think burnout is when we're not in alignment with that infinite vision for sure. Because when we're just in alignment and we're creating and playing and not getting in the way of it, our mind gets in the way and creates the burnout. But when our mind's out of the way and we're just expressing authentically, I don't feel like there's a limit to what we can experience and how much we can do. And I think it's just the only limit is then our imagination and our capacity to hold space for vision to exist. And that's our work. And that to me is why I do the work. I do the work so I can... I seek so I can serve. Mm-hmm. Like at the core of it, I I seek so I can increase and play. And then when I play more, I'm naturally just helping people and serving more and creating shit and doing fun stuff and making love and and doing all the things. <laughs> so it's like it's just <laughs> all comes together. Raj, what a
1: life! <laughs> what is your legacy? What do you want to leave? What do you want to uh, What do you want someone to say about Raj when he passes
2: on? I just want people to feel like they felt seen and heard and loved when I was in their presence. Just want them to feel that's it. I don't really need more. I I really, the idea of having a legacy and being remembered, it's just how people felt in my, in my, Mm -hmm. in my presence. And I, and I want to, to me, that's where I, that's what nourishes me. That's what inspires me. Like to me, purpose isn't what I do or what I leave behind. It's just who I am. And, and I think when I live into that, it that that is my living legacy. The living legacy is to, is to just, you know, if I meet somebody and I want them to just feel loved and seen and heard and held, and if I can create the space and the environment for that to exist, and if I can do that at scale with business or technology or a podcast or a platform, great. Um, right. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's that's the core thing that I think just comes back for me. It's just and that might change as I have a family, as I get become a dad, as I get old, as I get a few more gray hairs. Like as I evolve, I am sure many things may evolve with me. But in this moment right now, it's just how can I inspire love?
1: And in 10 years from now, what is Raj doing?
2: Hopefully playing continuing to play, continuing to expand, continuing to love, continuing to explore the depths of who he is, embodying a a level of leadership and, and lightness that, 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 that wakes the people he chooses to be around to themselves. It like, I'm, I'm continuing to just be the example and be the change I wish to see in the world and continue just evolving into the most authentic version of myself that I can be. And, and I, and I, and not lose. And yeah, I just keep loving and being love along the way. Like I just want to keep embodying and stepping into the greatest forms of love that can exist within me and, and saying yes and no to the things that can help me get there.
1: Who's been your biggest mentor?
2: different phases of life, different people. My dad, I mean, and I I like to think of mentors as, you know, there's two different kinds of mentors. There's mentors that you learn from and then, well, all mentors you learn from, but mentors that teach you in different ways. Like I would say my dad has been an incredible mentor for me and a very powerful mirror. So like, to me, those are your most powerful mentors are the ones that become mirrors because Mm -hmm. they're actually highlighting the aspects of you that, that you get to integrate and ascend into and so Gina is a mentor, my dad's a mentor. I have my coaches who have served incredible roles for me along the way. I have idols that have inspired me like Kobe Bryant or Richard Branson. I mean, I've got people that I look up to from afar and just everyday human beings that are doing the work like I just get really inspired when I I think for me anybody who I become aware of, like any qualities that I become aware of in others good or bad are actually like, everybody is a mentor in a mirror. Everything is a mentor in a mirror. And that's where I'm at today. It's, it's just honoring that truth that I have everything I become aware of is actually the greatest teacher for myself.
1: And as a dad, what would be the main, like as Raj dad, as a daddy, what's your like biggest things that you really want to
2: instill in your kids? I can't even answer that question because I don't, I'm not a dad, right? So, like, I can, I can imagine that self love, right? Self love and, and choosing love and not being afraid, right? Like, don't, not being afraid of hurting or just being brave. I think that's really at the core of it. And that's what I would want to inspire in, in my kids as well as everyone else, just that reminder that, hey, it's okay. Like we're just love. And at the end of the day, like loving unconditionally. And, and, uh, that's what I would, you know, and I, like I said, I don't know, I don't know. And what I don't know, and I'm so present in where I'm at today. And I'm sure that answer will evolve once I am in the role of a father. If the universe chooses to gift me that privilege, like I'm, yeah, it's, uh, I'm sure, like I said, that answer will evolve, but for now it's just <laughs> love. It's just love. It.
1: And I, you'll be an amazing dad. And I told you that in the other one. Thank you. And I'm happy for all of your, everything that you've accomplished this far in your life, the person you've become this far in your life. There's so much more to come. Thank you. And it's You're so, so I look forward to watching your journey so they can find you on your, on your website, Rajana.com. Yeah,
2: you can, go to Rajana.com. You can look up, stay grounded with Rajana" on Spotify or iTunes and listen to a, uh, the episode with Ashley or any of the episodes that resonate with you tag me on social media, send me a DM. I'm, you know, I'm I'm very accessible. And, you know, so however you choose to reach out, if you choose to, or if you just want to listen to this and incorporate something into your life at the end of the day, I'm just grateful I get to be here. And thanks for, thanks for having me, Ashley. It means a lot. Oh, thank you so
1: much. So fun. And maybe before you move, we'll have to connect in person in San Diego.
2: Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be fun. Um, yep. We could do an in-person interview. <laughs> that'd be that'd be in person ones are are just fun. I feel like I, I really live off of that. A connection comes back to like the you can feel another person when you're in the room with them and there's a there's an energy to, you know, just that level of creation. I, I I feel that. But until then, this works too.
1: I know. We're grateful that we can do this, even if my throat sounds like this. <laughs> yeah. No germs.
0: Anyway, thank you,
2: Raj. Loved mm-hmm. it. Thank you, Ashley.
0: Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you were inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget, always look for the magic.